הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדרכנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאנחנו נהפך קדוש ומשה בארץ המה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק ישדו למלאכה נובעה מהכוח חוכמה. רבנו נחנו נפגמת שמחה. נא הנח לך מנחנו נאומת זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל עסקה לאמן. So ברוך השם, today we start and finish lesson 6. And we're also going to start lesson 7 and go all the way up to section 5. בעזרת השם. תורה ו' ושמאל תורה. ציור רבנו says, על ידי זיה טובה, through a good sweat, when you sweat a good amount, כגון שמזיעין על ידי דבר שבקדושה, for example, when you sweat over something, doing something holy, for example, let's say you want to go bake matzot, and you're going to sweat to do that work, or you're going to run to give tzedakah, you're going to sweat while you're running, you're going to run to Beth Knesset, you're going to sweat, etc., etc., all that stuff. Anything that you sweat for to do something holy, through this, you create simcha, joy. It brought down the things, and you shall be happy um, in your festivals. What does that mean? This is the joy of Yom Tov, of the, of the holidays. But not necessarily referring, referring to an actual Yom Tov. Meaning any single day that is good, Yom Tov is called a Yom Tov. Meaning Yom Tov literally means good day. Meaning any day that has good within it is what we call a Yom Tov. Which we, we normally translate as a holiday. But in this case it's not. Rabbanu is referring to any day. Because joy, happiness, is through the state of the blood. Because we know sadness, gloom, comes from the spleen. And the spleen filters the impurities in the blood. Therefore, when all that impure and turbid blood um, within the spleen gets strength and it begins to have power, through this comes illnesses. Because when the turbidity in the blood is within normal limits within the spleen, then on the contrary, then that which the spleen receives turbid blood, um, Um, meaning the, the spleen which receives all these impurities is actually good as long as, as it's within the normal measure of impurity. Because you can't have only pure, pure, pure blood. Has, there has to be some impurity left within there. And if it's in the right measurement, in the right amount, then it's fine. It's actually good. It's actually healthy. Because now the blood will remain pure once the spleen filters everything. But when the turbidity of the blood um, within the spleen begins to overcome all the pure blood and begins to have strength. This creates illnesses, God forbid. And the healing for these illnesses is, what, is, uh, is to sweat. Because through sweating, you're able to bring out toxins that are within the contaminated blood, which caused, which caused this person to fall ill. That sweat removes those toxins from within the, that impure blood. And it is those toxins which cause this person this sickness. And then once those toxins emerge from the blood, the blood is left pure. And then he merits simcha. Because the essence of sadness comes through the spleen. Meaning when the spleen is in strength, meaning when all the impurity begins to overpower the pure blood. And it's not in the normal measures that you're supposed to have the impure blood in. 
So that is what sadness comes from, when the spleen is having too much strength, when there's too much impurity over there. Because the spleen is where all the turbidity of the blood is, that's where everything is filtered. But now that the turbid blood and the impure blood leaves the body through that sweat, you create simcha. And if you take the letters of zea, which means sweat, zayin, yud, ayin, hey, Rashetevod, it spells out the phrase zeha yomasashe. This is the day which God made nagila venismechabo. Let us be happy and joyous on it. As we, as we finish off the phrase over there in Tehilim chapter 118. Take the first letters, it spells out Tov. This is the Simcha of Yom Tov, meaning through the sweat you're able to create the Simcha of Yom Tov, meaning to create goodness within the day, meaning on any day that you are in, to create happiness. And then it becomes as if it's Yom Tov. Because through, um, you're able to create the joy of Yom Tov, the joy of a good day. Through that good sweat. And this we see. That the second a sick person sweats is whenever he begins to feel happy. Because once he sweats, he creates happiness. As we saw above, when those toxins leave the body, etc. And he's recovering from his illness. That's Torah Vav. May we have the merit to sweat over holy acts and to create simcha within our days. Torah Zayin. A very, very deep, powerful, beautiful Torah that actually this was the first time Torah of, uh, that Saba ever learned. Uh, Rabbi Israel Dovodeser, whenever he, he began approaching the teaching of Rabenu, and he studied with Rabbi Israel Karaduno for the first time, this was the first Torah they learned. They studied all night at Chatzot in a Bet Midrash, which was flooded with water, with their knees in the water, basically. And um, this was the first Torah they studied. And um, what a special Torah it is. So let's pay attention closely. It's going to, give, it's going to take a few podcasts to do it. But um, it's very, very special. So let's start. And it was at the end of two years. That Paro dreamed, etc., etc. As it's brought over there in Bereshit chapter 41. The entire dream that he had. Rabban is going to put that verse aside. And he's going to start. This Torah is called Kimer Hamam Yenahagem. As it's brought down in Shaya chapter 49. Kimer Hamam Yenahagem, for he leads them with compassion. Let's see what this means. Hanumishehu Rahman, meaning one who is compassionate, he is able to be a leader. And a person needs to know how to, how to act, how to behave with this compassion. You need to know how to use this compassion. Because upon murderers or wicked people, upon thieves, it's forbidden to be compassionate. Rabbanu is going to explain why. He And the same is true of someone who doesn't know how to act with compassion. If, um, or if a person doesn't know how to act with compassion, He's going to twist his compassion. Basically, he's going to have compassion over a tiny baby of four days old and to give him food that is fitting for a big person, an adult. He's going to give him whole pieces of food, pieces that this baby cannot uh, swallow. And he's not going to give him fitting food for a child like this. Because for a little baby like this, you can only nourish him through milk. 
specifically. Therefore, a person needs to know how to behave with compassion because you think you might be having, having compassion on this child to give him better food. But really, <laughs> that food is not good for him at all. Because for a child like this, you need to have compassion on him to give him specifically milk. And for a bigger person, the food that is fitting for him. The same is true of each and every person. That this person who has compassion needs to understand how to have compassion for each and every person. Nice. And Rabbanu is giving us the quality of this Rahman, and he's saying that actually, there's only one person, who's a Rahman at the level, who knows how to give, compassion to each and every individual, according to what he needs, there's only one, and his name is Moshe Rabbeinu, it's only Moshe Rabbeinu, who is a compassionate person like this, who knows how to engage with each and every person, and to give him what he needs, because he was the leader of the Jewish people, and he will be the leader of the future, because that which was, will be, as it's brought down in Kohelet. Moshe Because Moshe Rabbeinu had true compassion of the Jewish people. And he gave his soul, he sacrificed his soul for the sake of the Jewish people. And he cast aside his life. And he had no concern for himself whatsoever. This is what we need to be a leader. Because Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu in Shemot chapter 32, and I will make for you a great nation. Meaning when he saw that the Jewish people, when God saw that the Jewish people sinned, He gave an offer to Moshe and He said, Moshe, I will build a new nation out of you. But what did Moshe respond? He did not pay attention to God's offer at all. What did he say? If you will forgive their sin, etc. As we see. And if not, erase me from your book, as Moshe says over there. Because Moshe was a true, compassionate leader. And he was engaging in the settlement, settling of the world, meaning he didn't want to destroy the world. He was constantly engaging in how to rectify it. That the world would be inhabited from people, that he didn't want to destroy the Jewish people. He said, he told Hashem, Hashem, do not destroy them. Accept their teshuvah. Because the essence of man is da'at. Is awareness, is knowledge, is, com- is consciousness. This is the essence of a person. A person is his da'at, is his mind. It's not necessarily the mind, it's more this self-awareness. And one who does not have da'at, he is not part of this human race, this He's not part of the inhabitants of the world. He's actually not called in Adam a man at all. If you don't have that, you're not in the category of man. Rabbeinu is redefining what a person without that is. He's not a man. He's a beast with the appearance of a man. He's an animal. He just looks like a man. But Moshe Rabbeinu had compassion. And he would engage in the settling of the world. He wanted to... To bring people this concept of that. That he wanted to fill the world with people. Meaning he wanted to engage in bringing people that. So that he could properly fill the world. Because if you're not a man with that, then you're not an animal. You're not a man at all. You're an animal in the, in the form of a man. So Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to bring that to these people. For he had opened to us the light of this consciousness. Because 
that God told Moshe Rabbeinu that you illuminated the dot that God is Elohim. That Yud Kevavke is Elohim. Moshe Rabbeinu illuminated the Jewish people with dot. Because Moshe Rabbeinu opened up this consciousness and revealed to us that there is an Elohim, there is a God, the ruler over the earth. Rabbeinu saying the essential compassion for the Jewish people um, or the essential compassion that exists is when the Jewish people fall. When the holy nation of the Jewish people fall, God forbid, into sins, uh, may God uh, spare us. When we fall into sins, this is the essential time for compassion. Because this is the biggest compassion that exists. Of all the compassions, this is the biggest one. Because all the afflictions, the difficult afflictions in the world, is considered not, it's considered nothing in comparison to the heavy burden of sins, God forbid. Because when the Jewish people fall into sins, into transgressions, this is the heaviest burden of all. Because it's impossible to lift such a burden as heavy as this. As it brought down to Like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. This is a reference to the sin. When a Jew falls into a sin, it's such a heavy burden, he cannot lift it, his soul can't bear it. So what is Rabenu saying? Because anyone who knows the holiness of the Jewish people, which Rabenu just defined above, is... Moshe Rabbeinu, only Moshe Rabbeinu knows His holiness. That anyone who truly knows the, Jew, the Jewish people's holiness from where they are taken from and he knows their, spiritual, their spirituality and their refinement, he knows truly that Jew, the Jewish people are very far. They are far as, as far as it gets from transgression. They are as far as it gets. They are completely as, as opposite um, from transgression. They can't stand transgression. And transgression is not applicable to them at all, at all, whatsoever. According to their great holiness, according to their great holiness from where they are taken from, their source, and their great refinement and spirituality. So only someone who truly knows the holiness of the Jewish people can understand how far they truly are from sin. And how much the Jewish soul cannot bear the sin. And therefore, all these transgressions in the world are not considered um, are considered as if nothing compared to the heavy burden and the heavy lifting of the sins. God forbid, may Hashem spare us. And even if a person has suffering, if it does not include sin, if that suffering does not come because of a sin, or it does not include sin, it is not considered suffering at all. Meaning suffering is only called suffering because of the sin. And this is what is brought in Shabbat. Page 55, there is no suffering without sin. Meaning suffering is only considered suffering if there is sin associated with it. Because it is not suffering unless there is transgression within it. Because the essence of suffering 
comes when we fall into sins, God forbid. And this is the essence of compassion. What is true compassion? When this compassionate man, who's Moshe Rabbeinu, was able to take the Jewish people out of their heavy burden of these, of these sins. Okay, and therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, upon him be peace. Any single time the Jewish people fell into sin, he would sacrifice his soul upon their behalf, and he would pray on their behalf. For example, we see this with the Meraglim, in Bamidbar, in Bamidbar chapter 14, etc., in many different cases. Because he knew that according to the holiness of the Jewish people and their refinement, they are so far from sin, and it's impossible for them to carry the heavy burden of that sin. And the truth is, and Rabenu understands, and he was saying this. Rabenu says that the truth is, Moshe Rabenu understands this more than anyone. That where do all these sins come from? God forbid, it's only because we have no da'at. As it's brought down in the Gemara, we're going to see that the only reason why we fall into sin is because we have no doubt because the only reason why a person commits a transgression is because the spirit of foolishness enters him and this is the greatest compassion of all that this tzaddik Moshe Rabbeinu needs to bring in needs to have compassion upon this person who has fallen from his level and has fallen into sin and to bring into him da'at as we see that Moshe Rabbeinu is in charge of this. Praiseworthy is one who imparts wisdom to the poor. Praiseworthy is the one who brings sechel, intellect, to the dal, to the one who is impoverished. And what does the impoverished one mean? What does that mean? It's brought down Nedarim, page 41. That, that a poor person really means someone who is poor in that and consciousness. Meaning, what does it mean to someone who has praiseworthy is one who imparts wisdom to the poor? Meaning, one who doesn't have wisdom. This is what we're talking about. Who's the real poor people? It's us, when we fall into sin. We think poverty is this idea of not having food, etc. That is one thing. But the true poverty is whenever the Jewish person falls into sin. And we have no idea how heavy of a burden it is on the soul, that the soul cannot bear it. It's screaming, it's longing to return to its source. And this tzaddik needs to have compassion upon this person to bring into him this consciousness. And even when it comes, uh, even when a person's time to pass away comes, arrives, and the soul ascends up and attaches itself to the place up there in the upper world. This is not the final goal. This is not the perfection. When a soul attaches itself to the to the highest world, this is not the perfect state. Rabban was saying that the soul's soul attachment, that the soul's attachment up there in the upper worlds, is not the perfect thing. That it's not perfect for a soul just to be attached up there. That the essential perfection of the soul is that not only when it's up there, but it's also down here. That it's in both places. That at the time when it's up there, it's also down here as well. Alken, therefore, Rabban was saying, in order to do this, a person needs to leave behind a blessing, Ben Otamid, a son or a student. 
So that his dad, this person's consciousness, is remains down here below as well at the time when he leaves up there. Meaning that when his soul leaves, it's obvious it goes up there. But in order to remain to leave your consciousness down here, you have to leave a child or a student. Those two options. As is brought down in the Gemara, Baba Batra, Kuftet Zain, page 116. It brings down the verse in Tehinim, Page uh, 55, chapter um, twen- uh, verse 20, sorry. Who have no replacement. What did that mean, who have no replacement? One, is ref- one person, one opinion says this is reference to a child. Meaning that a person who has no replacement, meaning what is a true replacement? It's a child. And the other opinion says, And the other opinion says the true replacement is a student. Because a student receives his dat, his consciousness from the Rav. And the same is true of a, stu- of, of a son. That the son also takes the consciousness of the father. Literally. Because it's certainly no advantage to leave behind a wicked son. The essential thing is to leave a son who is in the aspect of a student as well. So that the student can receive his intellect, the father's intellect, and that. As for the other one, the other one who says it's fitting just for a student alone. The one opinion who says that just a student is enough. Because this opinion believes, we see with the son, that the son, the opinion who says it's a son, it's not really referencing a son who is a, a, a wicked person, because clearly the wicked doesn't transform or doesn't um, take the data of his father and apply it. But we're talking about a son who is also in the aspect of a student, meaning who receives the consciousness of the father. That's the opinion of the son. But with regard to the, the opinion who says it's just enough to leave a student in the world, and that, that is your replacement in this world, Why, what is his reasoning? Because the essential reasoning is that the essence is to leave your, your dat in the world, your consciousness in the world. Therefore, it's enough just to have a student because this is the, the perfect thing. That you leave your dad in the world. Um, also, that so that when you leave and your your neshama ascends up above, your dad remains down here. And how does that dad remain down here? When the student applies what you say, and that student is brought into the world and he studies that which you brought down. Because Rabbeinu says that anyone who knows a little bit of, of the knowledge of God, anyone who knows God a little bit, he knows that the essential pleasure and the enjoyment of God is when we in this lowly world are able to greaten and to sanctify His name from down here. And this is the essential pleasure and joy of God. is brought down um, in the Tfilah Musaf of the, the High Holidays. And you desire praise from the mounds of dust and from the lumps of clay. Meaning God wants us to praise Him from down here, from this filthy world. Because God has all these angels, these fiery angels, all these 
and all these upper worlds that serve him. But nonetheless, his essential pleasure and his enjoyment comes when we serve Hashem from this lowly world and when our service ascends, uh, when our serve our service ascends up. Therefore, we need to remain and to, to leave behind a son or a student in order that our dat remains down here. So that our dat is able to illuminate this lowly world. As we saw above that the dat of Moshe Chabenu illuminated us. That our dat has the power to illuminate. And we need to leave our dat down here either through a son or a, stu- a, son or a student so that this dat illuminates this lowly world these people in this lowly world. Because when a person leaves behind a son or a student, it's considered as if he himself is literally in the world. As if he never left. And each and every person can fulfill this. To produce students. Look at what Rabban was telling us. This is not just the work of Tzadigim. Any Jew can do this. Because when two people are speaking together with the fear of heaven, meaning that their conversation is based in holiness, then when one person illuminates his friend with whatever words he says, his friend becomes the aspect of a student to this person. And the same is true vice versa. That when he is receiving from his friend, he becomes a student in, uh, vis-a-vis his friend because he's receiving the knowledge of his friend. Because it's brought down in Yeshaya. Chapter 45, Rabbanu says we need to engage in this work because it's brought down in Yeshaya that it says what? The world was created what? He formed it for a habitation. He did not create it for emptiness. He formed it for us to inhabit it. Because we all need to engage in, uh, in uh, inhabiting the world, as we saw with Moshe Rabbeinu. That we need, to, we need to ensure that it's on us too, not just on Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's on us too, to fill up the world with people. Meaning what? What does it mean to fill the, of, up the world with humans? We said a human is only with that which he is, um, that which he has with that. A human is only called a human because he has that consciousness. So what does it mean to fill up the world with human beings? chapter one To fill up the earth. Because this is the essential, essential settling of the world. When the world is filled with people. Meaning what? People with knowledge. Because one who did not have consciousness. He is not a man at all. Because just as much as a person is commanded to bring children into this world in order to settle the world, the same is true of how much he's commanded to bring in that and and fear of heaven, that he's able to to instill people in his students and in his um his children. Because this is the essential commandment it's, we're talking about here. That we are commanded to bring offspring to fulfill, to, to maintain the world. But what is true offspring? The essential offspring. To bring offspring that are human specifically. What does it mean human? Not animals that are 
or wild animals that are in the form of a human, a true human, meaning a person who has that. Look in Sichot Aran. Rabenu has a beautiful Sichot Aran and a beautiful story when a student came to Rabenu, one of his his students came to Rabenu asking for bracha for, to have a kid because he could not have a kid. And Rabenu said that the essential offspring of Tzadikim is Ma'asim Tovim. And uh, there's a beautiful story over there of uh, the story between the student and how years later he had a kid, but how Rabenu was teaching him that the main thing we're talking about here is to leave behind your dot. To leave behind true dot. It didn't mean yours. It means true dot. The dot of the tzaddik, the dot of the Torah. And to share that with as many people as possible, as Rabbi Israel said, the main thing today is to illuminate the words of the tzaddik into the world, and this is what it means to leave offspring. That when you share with your friend, your friend becomes a student to you and you listen to your friend, you're able to fulfill that your friend is your teacher and now you are his student. As Saba uh, said, There is no big, there is no small in Breslev. We are all friends. And this is the essential of Rabenu. That once the Rebbe was here, once Rabenu and uh, the main student Rabbi Natan were here, that's it. We are all friends. We are all here to illuminate each other. We're not here to become the student, the teacher, the this, the that. We are all illuminating each other with that. And that is the main work for us today in this world. People think they have to take titles and all this stuff, as we saw in many of the previous lessons about uh, false leaders. We have to be careful of this. And we have to share as much as possible of the true emet, the true dat, which is uh, in these teachings and in the holy teachings of the righteous tzaddikim, in the Gemara, in the Midrashim, Halakha, in the Zohar Kadosh, in the writing of the Ari, etc., etc. And we continue. Alken, therefore, any time that you have not illuminated this consciousness into people, meaning as long as you haven't done so, and these people do not feel God, godliness and God's rule, they don't know of God's rule. These people who do not know of God are not considered human beings because they do not have knowledge or consciousness to know God this is the true category of what we call a human being what does it mean to be an Adam a man it means as we saw earlier it means to have that and therefore if you do not have that and people are not in the category of man it's considered as if the world is it's in chaos and it's in emptiness as we saw in Yeshaya that the main thing is not to do that it's to inhabit the world and if the world falls into this emptiness, that the world was not created for um, emptiness, rather for inhabitant, uh, rather to inhabit it. Because you need to settle the world so that the world is settled by humans specifically, meaning from people of knowledge. What does it mean to have knowledge? To know God. So how do you know God? His Torah, his through Tfilah, through applying the advice that is written by the Chachamim. That is knowledge. The person doesn't apply and doesn't work on himself and doesn't study and doesn't do this. Then he's not. He didn't have that at all. And this is also with regard to the commandment that God commanded the world to fill up the earth. Meaning to fill the earth with people. Meaning what? Not specifically. To have kids, but also the essence of this commandment is to speak with your friends, to speak to people about the fear of God, and to bring into your friend this concept of that, to instill within your friend consciousness, to know Hashem. Because this is the essential settling of the world. 
that the world should be settled by humans specifically, meaning by people of knowledge, so that they should know God, as we said above. Alken, therefore, each and every person is required to engage in this work to instill that and fear of heaven within his friend so that your friend becomes the student with regard to you that you create a student which is your friend and therefore whenever your days are filled and the time of your passing comes then he becomes embodied within the words that he instilled within his friend. This person literally becomes manifested within the words that he had once spoken to his friend. And it's as if it's considered as if he literally is being fulfilled and maintained in this world right now. As if he's existing right now. As we saw with the Gemara, that the replacement one says is the son and one says is the student. We see that when a person has a child or a son or a, or a student that is left behind him, then he has a replacement. Meaning he has this concept of a khalif, an exchange, a replacement. Because of the fact that he has left his dat behind with the son or his student as we saw above. Because the main thing Rabban was emphasizing again is dat, his consciousness, to know God. And um, whenever that dat of yours remains behind through that son or student, it's as if he has remained in the world. And if you take the, the word khalifot, um, replacement, replacement, it spells out the phrase P It's amazing. Rabban was saying that this phrase P if you take the first letters and mix them around, you get the word khalifot, which means replacement. What is P My mouth will speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be understanding. Meaning that wisdom which you share with others ends up becoming a replacement. Because the main thing is that. And what is that? Is what we just said in the verse. That the mouth will speak wisdom and the heart's meditation will be understanding. Because this is the essential legacy and the, um, the replacement of a person. Um, after this person leaves. Meaning, your essential legacy is that which you spoke wisdom and understanding with your friends and you instilled within them true consciousness and fear of heaven. And therefore, this is why this word, Khalifot, is spelled out in this way as we see this awesome novelty that Rabban was teaching us that the acronym because this is the essential legacy of a person in this world. When he leaves behind his chokhmot and his tfunot, his wisdom and his meditations. And Rabbanu says the truth is, whether this opinion of the son or the, that opinion of the student, actually they are one. Because the son is also a student, as we saw above. And the student is also a son. We, see, we know that the son is the aspect of a student because the truth is when we're saying son, it's not to leave us a wicked son behind. It means to leave a son who takes in the advice of the father, the consciousness of the father, the t- consciousness of the Torah and the mitzvot, etc. 
And with regard to the student, how do we know the student is compared to a son? Anyone who teaches his friend's son Torah is as if he made him, is as if he created him. Because if you are bring, if you are creating students, it's as if you created the body of the student as well. Because before the student received your consciousness, he was not called a person at all. Because he did not have that. Because he did not have this consciousness of God. And he did not have the, he only had the form of a person, but he was really an animal. Therefore, by means of teaching this person Torah and instilling within him knowledge of God, through this, he creates this person. Therefore, it is considered as if he literally created him. Therefore, we see also that the student is also considered a child as well, a son. That's it for today. We continue with section 5 next class. May we have the merit to apply merit to, to apply this, and to truly instill that that we have the that instilled by the Rebbe by by those who will teach us that we have the humility to learn true that, and that we also have the strength to share the that true that of the Torah and the Mitzvot of Yirat to others around us, so that we can leave behind our that in this world, so that our neshama is not only up there but down here as well. Be'ezrat Hashem.